Let me pray for us. And as I'm praying, would you just pray for me? Uh, my head, um, I got a kind of a headache going on right now, and so I just, would you pray for me as I pray? Uh, God, we love you, and uh, we are thankful for you this morning, thankful for your presence in this place. God, I'm excited about this new series as we talk about faith and as we talk about the characteristics of faith and that we should be having God. And so I, I pray that you would uh, speak through me this morning. That these words that are coming out of my mouth would not just be my words, but they'd be your words, God, for your people. That they would speak truth to your people, God. God, we love you, and we give you thanks, and we give you praise this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, we've been talking a lot about faith, and prayer, and all kinds of stuff over the last year, even. And so, <clears throat> I just wanted to, to basically do this series, right, and, and talk about faith. What, is a, what does a mature faith look like? What should our faith look like if we're pursuing God in the ways that we've been talking about pursuing God? If we're praying in the ways that we've been talking about praying to God? What, what are some characteristics of our faith? What should our faith look like at the end of the day? Right? How, how does this even look like? And so to do that, we're going uh, to spend eight or nine weeks just talking about faith before we get to Advent, if you can believe that. Uh, we're going to spend the next eight or nine weeks talking about faith and, our, and the characteristics of our faith. And to do that, we're going to be spending the next couple of months in the book of James. James is one of my favorite books in the Bible. If you want to go there, you can go there. That's where we're going to be today. James is one of my favorite books of the Bible. James was written... Uh, by James, the brother of Jesus, right? And, and we know that in Acts chapter 15 and Acts chapter 21, James, the brother of Jesus, is a, is a, is a major leader in the church in Jerusalem. He's, he's one of the ones that are, <clears throat> that are leading this church, that are taking this church into the next, the next steps, and, and he is, he's there leading, right? And so James is the one writing this book, and he's writing this book to a group of believers who are scattered, who are all over the place, there's a group of believers who are dealing with, with disappointment, right? There's a group of believers who have just lost the person that they're following but have committed to, to continuing in this way. They're disappointed and they're being persecuted, right? The, the people in Jerusalem are, are persecuting them. They're, they're ridiculing them. And so these people are scattered. They are going all over the place to try and flee from this persecution. And James is writing to these people, these people who are discouraged by what's going on in the world, that, that they just need, need some hope. They need some words of wisdom. And so James, James writes to these people. Now James, I think, is, is a little bit misunderstood by some because James, if you look in the book of James, James is just, it's, it'd be easy to look at James and see James as like a how-to book. Right? There's so many things in James that it's like, do this and do this and do this. And it's easy to think, you know, if I just do this and I do this and I do this, then I'm good. Now, if I do this and then I do this and then I do this, I'm good to go. I'll, I'll, I'll go to heaven. Like, all this stuff will be here. I'll live a life pleasing to God. But here's the thing about living a life pleasing to God. The only life that is pleasing to God is a life that is redeemed by the Redeemer. That is the only way to live a life pleasing to God is through Jesus Christ. And so if we view James as this book of a how-to, how to be a Christian, how to do this, there is a lot of how-tos in there. We'll talk about that in a little bit. There, this is a book that'd be easy to do that with. But I think instead of looking at it like that, I think we need to, to really look at this book. He's not saying how to be redeemed. 
Instead, it's kind of a, this is how you should live then as redeemed people. As people who have, who have said yes to Jesus, as people who follow Christ, as people who have claimed this way of life as your own, this then is how you should live. Now, this is not a, these aren't prerequisites for being Christians. This is just, this is how Christian people should live naturally, James would say. And so I, I, James talks a lot about faith. He, he even mentions faith a lot. He, he mentions faith 14 times in this book. He, he talks about faith. He has a lot to say about faith. This, this book is only six chapters long, right? And we got 14 mentions of faith here. But here's the, the, the craziest thing. It, James, James would say this, faith without action is dead. He actually does say that. Right? But here's how important this is. If you just look at the outline of the book of James, James talks about faith 14 times. They're kind of a little more extended snippets on faith. But James, ha- ha- there, are, there are commands here in this book. There's these how-tos, if you will. There are 59 of these in the book of James. James has 108 verses. All right, so, so over half of the verses in James are telling us to, to live a certain way, to do a certain thing. This, is, this then is how your life should look like if you follow Christ. Right? This, is, this, is the, this is the point of James. Faith must be accompanied by action. Our lives must look different if we are going to live in faith. And so this, this, this series, Forward in Faith, we're just going to be talking about what it looks like to, to live your life, to truly live your life, to be walking forward in faith. What are some characteristics that your faith should be having in your life? What are some characteristics of faith that we need to be seeing in our lives if we're truly growing to be the mature Christian that God would have us to be? What are these characteristics? We're going to talk about perseverance talk about obedience, talk about taking risks. We're going to talk about all sorts of different characteristics over this series in the book of James. James is, is, is not, uh, he doesn't beat around the bush. We're going to talk about all these. Today we're going to talk about perseverance. So if you turn with me in James chapter 1, if you're in one of our pew Bibles, it's on page 854. <clears throat> James chapter 1, we're going to talk about Perseverance, And then this, this passage that we're going to read today is uh, James chapter 1, starting at verse 1, going through verse 18. Okay? <clears throat> Again, that's page 854 if you're on, in one of our pew Bibles. James 1, 1 through 18. Let's read this together. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? This is James, the brother of Jesus, writing. To the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Again, why are they scattered? They're scattered because they're discouraged they're scattered because they're being persecuted. They're scattered because they're, they're facing all kinds of, of trials and temptations, right? Which, greetings, he says. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may mat- be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. 
Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed, and in the same way the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for he cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. <clears throat> Trials and temptations. Now, this passage, I think, is as we think about our faith being a faith that, that perseveres, our growing, our going forward in faith, the faith that, that perseveres. I think we, as we read this passage, really kind of three truths and three kind of points in here that James makes. Right, and here's, the, here's the first point that I think we need to know and we need to understand if we're going to have a faith that perseveres. Here's the first thing, that God is sovereign over our trials. God is bigger than any trial that we are going through or will go through or have gone through. God is sovereign over all of our trials. Remember, James is, is talking here to people who are scattered, who are basically running from persecution, and they're, they're, they're being persecuted. They're, they're not in a good place in life, and he's encouraging them. And here's what he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you go through trials of many kinds. Now, I don't know if maybe it's just me, trials don't just make me joyful. That's just not like... It's not something I like to go through. Yeah, and there's not been one time where I've been praying and I prayed, you know what, God, I really need some more, perse- some more perseverance. Will you just send me a trial? That's just not, that's not, not how we pray. Right? We don't pray for trials. We don't, we don't think about trials being a joyful thing. We think about trials just kind of weighing us down. Right? We come to church and, we, and someone asks us, hey, how you doing? And we say, man, I'm just going through so much stuff. I just, it's been a heavy week. It's been, a, it's been a hard week for me. We don't talk about trials in terms of joy and of celebration. We talk about trials in terms of pain and heartache and heaviness. This is how we talk about trials. But James here says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you go through trials of many kinds. Not just a certain kind of trial, but a trial of many kinds. Consider this Consider this joy. And I was thinking about that this week. How do, we, how do we get to a point in our lives where we can go through a trial and just be joyful about it? Because I'm not there yet, and I'm pretty sure you're not there yet. How do we get to a point in our lives where we, we see the joy in this trial? I even pray for it a lot. When I'm praying for people, God, would they be able to have joy even in the midst of trial, even in the midst of, of, of a storm? I, I pray that for people. When I pray that for me, would I find my joy in this? But it's hard. I don't think I've done it yet. 
But I think here's what, here's what James would say as we talk about having joy in trials. He's, the joy is not necessarily in the trial. The joy is in seeing what God is going to do through this whole thing. I think, let, let's read here. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. He goes on here, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. What we can read here is that, that trials can be joyful because it's through the trials, it's through the, the hard times that our faith can become mature. Our faith can grow to a point where we can, we can trust God a little more. We can see God in this a little more. We're maturing every single time we go through a hard time. I think that's, that's really what he's saying here. In our trials, we can mature our faith. This is God's goal for each and every one of us, that we would have a mature faith, that we would come to know him on a deep, intimate level, that we would come to, to really know him and understand him and, and to, to pursue him and to love him and to, to live for him, to look more and more like Jesus every single day, to grow more and more into his likeness. This is the goal of God for each and every one of us. And James says, consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you go through trials, because these trials produce perseverance, and this perseverance can produce a maturity in your faith. This is where the joy in trials comes from, is knowing that, that man, God has a purpose for this. God can use this to help me get to a new place in my faith, to help me, to help me go forward in my faith, if you will. This is, this is where the joy comes from in trials. See, but the thing is, that's just God's goal, right? God's goal in our trials would be for us to be more mature in our faith. What's our goal in our trials? Oftentimes, our goal whenever we face trials is to get through this trial as fast and as painless as possible. I'm going to do what I need to do to get through this trial as fast and as painless as possible. And that's our goal, to get through this. And oftentimes we go through trials and we don't even think about maturing in our faith. We pray to God because we're going through a hard time and we say, God, would you help us with this? But our prayer is not usually, at least my prayers are not usually, God, would you show me how you're going to use this to help me grow in my faith? God, would you, would, you, would you help me see what you see here? God, would you help me see how this is helping me mature in my faith? See, when the goal is God... Joy can come even in the trials. When the goal is just getting through it so we can go on to another day, trials are awful. Trials are anything but joyful. But when the goal is God, trials can be joyful, even in the midst of some of the worst trials. I mean, think about it. just a, a couple pages backwards in your Bible, Hebrews chapter 12, right? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And here's what it says. I'm, I'm, I'll just read this for you so you don't think I'm making it up. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Wait, hold on. So Jesus 
James is asking us to consider it joy when we go through trials. Then you turn back just two pages in your Bible, and here's Jesus going through probably the biggest trial of his life, being persecuted, being crucified, right? And he found it joy. Why did he find it joy? Because he saw God in it. His goal was God. The goal of Jesus on the cross was not, all right, let's just do this as painlessly... (laughs) I laugh because this is not a painless thing, right? Let's just do this as quick as possible. This is not Jesus' goal. Jesus' goal on the cross is salvation for you and it's salvation for me. This is Jesus' goal on the cross. And this is why Jesus could consider it joy on the cross because he's seeing each and every one of us. He's seeing that his goal is God. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, Hebrews 12 says. James 1, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you go through trials of many kinds. We talked about perseverance producing maturity. James tells us that if we lack wisdom, we should ask God who gives, who gives freely. We can find wisdom through our trials. It's in our trials that we understand that, that God is the one who's, who's providing for us. And then verse 12 here, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. God is sovereign over our trials. God is bigger than anything that you are going through or ever will go through. God is bigger. God is sovereign. Consider it joy when you go through trials. Here's the second thing James tells us. He kind of seemingly kind of takes a hard left here, right? Goes from trials and goes straight into temptation, right? When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Here's the interesting thing. Trials and temptation, in the language that James was writing in, have the same root word. They're very similar things if you think about it. You have to think about it, though, because temptation is something we have, we've kind of taken and ran with, and trials are something that we've gone the other way with. And <clears throat> but this is one of the, the clearest pictures of sin that we have in Scripture, Right, we t- the, in, this, in this scripture, we get the origin of sin, that God is perfect and that we are not. Right, God is perfect, that we're not perfect, that, we're, that he is sinless and we are sinful. Right? God cannot be tempted by evil, <clears throat> nor does he tempt anyone. Right? God is sinless, we are sinful. But then it goes through the anatomy of sin. Right? We go from deception to desire to, to disobedience to death. And, and here's the, the picture I want us to grasp here. Here's the similarity. Here's why James writes about this in trials altogether. Right? In trials, we are tempted to focus on our own goals and not see how, how God is using this to mature us in our faith. Right? This, that's our temptation in trials. In, in temptations, we're enticed by our own desires, James says, and we run from God. Trials and temptations, there is, there's this, this idea that in both, there's a temptation to move away from God. 
We're talking about faith here, and faith is, is, is leaning on God, it's believing in God, it's trusting in God, and in trials and temptations, it's easy for us to walk away from that a little bit and try and do things on our own terms. Right, you're going through a hard time, and what's some of the, the, sometimes we say this, right? Well, I guess all I can do now is pray. Whenever you say that, here's what I know about you. You have tried everything you could do on your own power, and now it's time to go to God. Right, this is what we do with trials. We try and do it on our own power. And then in temptations, right? In temptations, it literally, James literally tells us that, that temptation is something that you're, you're following your own desires, You're not following the desires that God has for you. You're following your own sinful desires. God is a perfect God. God is a sinless God. We are sinful people. God is not going to push you into a temptation. Because God cannot be tempted. God cannot tempt. Then here's the, the third thing. So... Well, I didn't actually say the second thing. The first one, God is sovereign over our trials. And then as James moves into here, I just want us to, to understand that we're responsible for our temptations. Right, that's, that's kind of the second point I wanted to make. We're responsible for our temptations. God is sovereign over our trials. We're responsible for our temptations. Here's the, the third thing. And the most important thing, if you leave here hearing one thing from me this morning, I want you to hear this. Number three, God is faithful. God is faithful. Verse 16, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits for all he created. In every trial, God is unchanging. In every temptation, God is unchanging. Right? The faith perseveres. There are some of us here this morning who are going through trials in our lives. There's some, uh, inevitably, someone here is going through a trial. There's a saying, right? You're either, you're either coming out of a storm, you're going into a storm, or you're in the middle of a storm. That's his life. Right? Inevitably, someone in here is in a trial right now. Here's what I know about our God. Our God is faithful. And our God desires of us to have a faith that perseveres even through the hard times. A faith that doesn't do everything on our own power and then go seek God. A faith that seeks God first. God, what do you have for me in the midst of this trial? God, what are you trying to teach me in this trial? How am I going to become more mature in my faith? How am I going to grow in your likeness through this trial? God, what, what is this for me? Have a faith that perseveres. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I don't know how many of you feel like your faith is being tested. But my prayer for you this week that I've been praying, that I will continue to pray, is that as your faith is tested, that you will have the strength to persevere. That we will remember that God is sovereign over our trials. God is bigger than anything that we will ever go through or are going through. 
right now. God is bigger. God is sovereign. God is in control over everything. And sometimes I know that you don't really want to hear that from me. You're going through a hard time, and, and you don't just want someone to come up here and say, it's going to be okay. You don't just want someone to, to kind of give you some nice words and say, oh, it'll be all right. I know God's in control. I know. I'm not just saying these words this morning. I mean it from the deepest part of who I am. I'm not just giving you empty encouragement that it's going to be okay. I know that my God is in control. And I know that if you can persevere, if you can find it in yourself to persevere through the trial and to lean on God through the trial and to just really pray, God, what are you trying to teach me through this right now? How are you trying to, to encourage me through this, God? How, 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 does my, how can I mature through this right now, God? I know that God will teach you and I know that God will mature your faith. And here's what the scripture, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Not lacking anything. If you're lacking wisdom, you can ask for wisdom, James says. But when you ask, believe and do not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. I don't really know where to go from here. I know there are people in here going through trials. I know there are people here going through hard times. And I just want to encourage perseverance this morning. I want to stand up here and I want to say, stay strong. This God that we read about in here is bigger than anything you're going through. He's sovereign over everything that you're going through. And so I just want to pray this morning. I want to pray that, that those going through trials, going through hard times, that they would lean on God, first and foremost. They would find within them just this, this perseverance, that they would become mature, not lacking anything. Let's pray this morning. God, we love you, and uh, we're thankful for you this morning. God, it's, it's, it's not fun to talk about trials, and it's not easy to talk about trials, God, but even in James, he says, consider it pure joy when we go through trials. God, help us to be able to find this joy in the trials. Help us to be able to find you in the trials, God, that we might become mature in our faith. God, for those of us in here who are going through trials right now, I don't know what they are. I don't know what you've got in store, God. But my prayer is that they would lean on you. That they would find their strength in the one who gives strength. God, my prayer is that we would persevere through trials, 
that we would find the joy in trials as we, are, as we lean on you and as we seek you in this. God, would you show us, would you give us just a glimpse into what you're trying to teach us through each and every trial we go through? God, go ahead of us this week. God, and for those of us who are going through trials, would you just, would you just send a special blessing on, on them this week as they go? Would they just sense you in the trial they're in? Would they, would they feel you in this, God? Would they, would they know that you're with them? Would they know that you're sovereign? Would they know that you're in control, God? I pray over every single person in here who is going through something, God, that you would just, that you would be over them and with them and in them as they go through these trials, God. God, and help us to persevere knowing that you're in control. God, we love you. We give you praise. We give you thanks. All glory and power to you. Amen. And amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? I want to just pray this prayer of blessing over you, if I can find it. If not, I'll make one up. Just receive your hands and just receive this blessing. May the God of glory and grace and peace go with you and ahead of you this week. If you're facing trials, would, you, would, he, would, you, would he just shine his face upon you this week? Would you feel his presence so, so deeply and intimately this week that you know that he is with you? Would you be bold this week and make a difference wherever you may find yourself? In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Go in peace.